pilot. Pilot? What's a pilot? Well, the way they pick TV shows is they make one show. That show's called a pilot. And they show that one show to the people who pick shows. And on the strength of that one show, they decide if they want to make more shows. Some get chosen and become television programs. Some don't. Become nothing. She started one of the ones that became nothing. When we last left off, we were on a major cliffhanger. We were hanging from that cliff by the edge of our fingers, Keith. This is our first two-parter. Didn't take long trying to a two-part premiere. And I find those interesting. When this aired initially, it was actually aired uh, more fluidly. There wasn't that to be continued. I think that was added on afterwards. But here we are about to continue on with part two of the Buffy premiere. I know. We kept our audience waiting a whole week. Uh, Buffy I, could be dead. I know. I mean, you could go on Hulu and find out for yourself, but I'm sure they were waiting for us <laughs> to recall the story to find out what happened. Uh, so just a little recap, guys. Uh, last week, we began discussing the Buffy the Vampire premiere, and we got not, I want to say halfway through, but we finished part one, and we thought instead of a super long episode, we divide it up, and here we are now. So where we last left off, Buffy the Vampire Slayer, uh, she was in the cemetery crypt battling a vampire named Luke. So we're going to now return to this two-part premiere. So Keith, take us back to the pilot. Flight 527, runway 8 kilo, you're cleared for takeoff. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. I do have to say real quick though. I get such a kick out of these sound effects during the fights—the punching sound effects, the kicking sound effects. There's a uh, just like random movement sound effects. It's it's really funny and a bit campy in a playful way. Oh, like uh, as I am, I now know my relationship with this show, and the camp is a big part of why I keep coming back to it but yeah. we'll discuss this further yeah 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 exactly but uh here we go so just as the vampire luke is about to kill buffy he is repelled by the cross she's wearing and he flees so that buffy she goes out to the cemetery she looks for her friends she saves willow and xander from a horde of vampires but where's jesse oh that is the question they still have their friend jesse will they be able to save him Spoiler alert, he is not in the opening credits, so don't hold your breath. <laughs> so we get that opening credits theme again. This is, once again, the the viewing experience now as it is on Hulu. But when this first aired, it was as if it was just one really long feature-length episode. But I don't mind listening to that theme song again because it is a great theme song. So now we go back to the library. Well, we have kind of like a back-and-forth scene here to start the episode with uh, the main group here at the library and then cutting back and forth between that and the vampires at the vampire lair. But in the library, Giles is explaining that demons used to roam the earth freely and the vampires plan on retaking the earth. Yeah, it's kind of our, uh, like our real first introduction to vampire lore in this. And I, I don't know if it's the same. I can't remember how other vampire shows or movies talk about it but this is just like yeah there are 
demons roam the earth, and now they're planning on taking it back. Yeah, interesting. In some sort of ancient time, I don't know, prehistory, what have you, these demons, including vampires and other creatures, as it's alluded to, oh yes, roam the earth, and now they're on the eve, as you can say, of returning. So it's up to Buffy and this group to prevent that from happening. Xander, of course, is very skeptical. Willow is in shock, although she has some very funny lines just trying to come to grips. Uh, seems all of their defense mechanism is humor, which I can appreciate. And you know, Buffy is recalling her first reaction to when there were vampires, you know, and I like that. I do like the establishment that she has already gone through all this. She has adjusted to this. We don't need to have a bunch of episodes or a whole season of our lead character coming to grips with this reality because she's already been there and done that. No, that's I think I mentioned last week I was worried like if they tried to do that, it would be so overstuffed even in two hours right it would it would take too long to really get to the the fun action that we're all looking forward to so i think that was a smart move so the group now is working together and they're speculating where the vampires could have taken jesse and they basically figure out that they went underground through the sewers so buffy uh she also realizes the entrance to that underground layer is in the crypt and she decides to go out and rescue jesse uh, yeah, she's a smart girl. Yeah, well, uh, you know, she has that instinct, right? That's why she is the Slayer. Meanwhile, uh, this scene cuts back and forth with the vampire layer, where Luke and Darla bring Jesse to the master vampire and tell the master about the Slayer. And he's kind of tickled by this, I would say. He's, he's intrigued, like, ooh, a Slayer, as if he's kind of welcoming the challenge, I guess. He's, he's itching to fight. Right, right. He's like, oh, this will make things interesting. <laughs> He's not deterred by this whatsoever. And uh, he devises a plan to use Jesse as bait to lure Buffy as they correctly predict that she will go back down to rescue him. But now outside the school, Buffy is on her way to save Jesse, but she's stopped by the principal who locks the gates. And yeah, this is where, again, we're getting this conflict of Buffy not just being a vampire slayer, but she's still a teenager in high school. And so she has to balance both of those worlds. And I like this shot of, you know, the principal, he locks this gate and he walks away. And then we get this shot of Buffy's feet, right? Like she's going to jump over this gate because she's super athletic. But it's this funny sort of cheat where we see someone's feet go up. And another pair of feet land on the other side of the gate. <laughs> um, you know, it's it was her. It's just Buffy. But uh, a, a funny and, again, campy kind of way of, uh, you know, showing that, that action piece. There. Yeah, they do. Like, both uh, the episodes, uh, you know, both parts kind of do some really, like, at least with the budget that they had, some clever things. Like, I think when Buffy first met Angel, she's, in, like, she's hiding by just holding the bar. Right, right. And it's like, okay, all you need that's all you need to show me to show that she's super strong. Like she can leap over a gate and like they were able to use their budget to the campiness. Like it, it to they were used it to right, work. Right. There's illusion and suggestion of what these characters are doing action-wise. Jumping, flipping, uh, you know, or even some of the violence and we'll see that later in the big fight scene towards the end where you know you don't see the whole action but you see people reacting to it yeah and yeah it's a bit theatrical in that respect 
Buffy doesn't want you getting hurt. I don't want you getting hurt. This is just too much. I mean, yesterday in my life's like, uh-oh, pop quiz. Today it's reign of toads. No. And everyone else thinks it's just a normal day. Nobody knows. It's like we've got this big secret. We do. That's what a secret is, when you know something other guys don't. Uh, so then in the school hallway here, we have, you know, Willow going over her research. Uh, and Xander is feeling a bit helpless. You know, he, he wants to do something. He feels so useless. And, uh, you know, they worry about, you know, Buffy, if she's going to be able to make it out okay. And, you know, also just now they're coming to grips with this new reality. You know, it's all such a shock for them. And so that that's sort of how Buffy... Um, yeah, she might be ready adjusted to this world, but Xander and Willow are going to be sort of like a little bit of the audience's vessel in this respect. And I use that word intentionally because it comes back later. But, you know, that's basically uh, they're being introduced to this world as we are. Yeah, they're the the Ron Stoppables of the crew. Just <laughs> and I, I, just uh, in the best way. Yeah, no, I like like Willow is the, the innocent ish best friend. Like, oh, you know, always the bridesmaid, not the bride type stuff. But at least how I'm known her. And Sander is uh, uh, the nice guy. At least, like, you know, the I, nice think, guy, I, I like to think they grow out of it, but that they're still kind of in that in season two. I, I like to think of Xander as a Chandler type. He's got a lot of witty comebacks and sarcastic yes. comments, but quite often he makes a fool of himself. Uh, but in this version, you know, he'll he'll grow out of that. Uh, well, you always want to put yourself in, uh, like, how would I react in a situation? And, like, right. like you always kind of wish you could say, like, you know, laugh in the face of death, per se. Yeah, especially because they're teenage characters who are supposed to be relatable, which I think they are, at least as these sort of outcast archetypes. And... Yeah. You know, they both of them handle it a little differently. You know, Willow is internalizing it a little bit more. Xander is more demonstrative about his skepticism and his shock. But ultimately, uh, they both decide to you know use their brains, and Xander is going to grow a little bit of this bravado. That yeah, you know, it's almost like wish fulfillment. That yeah, uh, <laughs> possibly um, Joss Whedon which he was able to do in high school, I guess. Like, he, this is how he would have hoped he would have reacted to this situation. Who knows? So now we're in the crypt, and Buffy is inside looking for the entrance. It is locked, but then all of a sudden that figure appears from behind her. We know him as Angel, but now he's officially introducing himself as such. So here we go. We have that um, a little insight to this very mysterious character. And fun fact about Angel that uh, I we forgot to mention in the first part when we were talking about how everyone got casted. Do you know, <laughs> this to me is by the luck of right place, right time. But David Boreanitz, if I'm saying it, Boreanitz was say, uh, just walking his dog and a casting agent, you know, saw him and said, him, he's our angel. Wow. Yeah. I wanted That's... to I, I totally forgot to mention that last time, but I guess now that we officially know who Angel is, right, uh, right. like that he was just walking his dog in LA and the casting uh when they were trying to figure out who could be Angel, like the casting agent or someone who knew the casting agent was like, This is your guy. Well, wow, that's so cool. I mean, who knows? Maybe he was walking his dog past a bunch of different productions and it finally paid off. <laughs> that's the way to do it. 
<laughs> but hey, he got on this show and then he got his own spinoff. So it pays to walk your dog. I'll say that much. So, uh, so yeah, so we, we finally get Angel uh, introducing himself. He's a fan favorite character here. And yeah, he's warning her about going down there, uh, warning her about the harvest. Which uh, she calls a uh, suck fest. And I'm like, I circled that. And I said, this is uh, this is the show. Like a teenage girl calling a group of vampire, this ritual, a suck fest. Yeah, that's such a great clash between this ancient world with its rituals and this more 90s in your face attitude. Uh, that's it's why it works so well. And so, uh, you know, Buffy is going to ignore Angel's warning. She kicks open the entrance and she follows the way that Angel advises her to go, which is towards the school, interestingly enough. So I guess these kids have always been a bit of a target for these vampire attacks. And that is our act break. So now, uh, after we get back from the commercial, we are in this underground world. Buffy is slowly making her way through the tunnels. It's a very creepy scene. And Xander catches up with her. And he has a great line, too, that I highlighted uh, when she asks Xander, like, are you sure you want to join me in this dangerous mission? And his response is, it's this or chem class, <laughs> which, uh, again, it's so That's great. Another, that sums up the show. Right. Very much. It's like, OK, uh, anything beats being in high school, including fighting vampires. So they navigate their way through the tunnels. Buffy is explaining to Xander about how to kill vampires. She's recalling a time where she killed a varsity player turned vampire. So it's, it's so interesting to me that these high school kids are often the target of, of these monsters. I mean, I guess that's in tradition of Hollywood, right? Always making uh, teens the victims of slashers and all different kinds of monsters and bad characters. I'm one, I like you got that, but like a, an ode to horror films. But you also you kind of have to laugh going like all the magical beings and vampires are summoned to this like Sunnydale High School, like <laughs> right this very mundane yeah. town into their high school for some reason. It just I I imagine they would eventually explain why this town is the gra gravitational force to all this evil, but. Uh, for the time being, it's just sort of ironic. It's a, it is the like not every episode is dedicated to it, um, but it is uh, the main focus of season one. Yeah, I, I would think so, especially because yeah. you're establishing all the lore. So back at the school, uh, Giles, great transition shot, I should say. I, I I even like you don't see. I haven't like at least the camera moves, and then you see I think Giles in the mm. library. I just had to. Kudos. <laughs> well, I, that's a good point, though, because I think the camera is very active on this show in terms of the action, you know, following uh, or sometimes being a POV shot for either a character or a weapon being flung at a character, you know. Uh, so, yeah, definitely the camera is a big part of. I'm a sucker for a good transition shot, too. Yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 for sure. You know, it's sometimes it can be very subtle or just just uh, unexpected. So Giles is, you know, he's doing his research as he does, and he realizes that the harvest will take place on the night of the crescent moon, which, of course, is that very night. How convenient. Uh, <laughs> of course. Uh, meanwhile, you know, uh, Cordelia, and I guess this is uh, some sort of computer lab class. Cordelia is planning to return to the bronze that night. You know, everyone's going to be there, of course. Uh, she's recalling Buffy's odd behavior. I guess Buffy is now on the outs with the cool kid group 
that is bound to happen when you attack one of them with a stake. And, uh, you know, Willow, she's going to defend Buffy and Cordelia berates her for it. Uh, she has a really crazy line to Willow where she says, uh, who gave you permission to exist? <laughs> Which is a very philosophical question when you really think about it. Uh, but in the meantime, uh, you know, Willow's going to get her revenge by tricking Cordelia into deleting all her work. She says, Love that. Oh, the deliver key, of course, D-E-L. <laughs> so, you know, Willow has uh, has the last laugh there. You get a good sense of her character, but also Cordelia is, what a name. But uh, Cordelia yeah. is using uh, just kind of like what she's there for in the first season, especially just like, oh, that's weird. JJ's acting weird. He had two bite marks on it. It's like she is, right. yeah, she yeah. helps like the characters like, oh, I saw that the dead body like helps inform what's going on in the school in a different way. But what a great, uh, great way to learn about Willow. Like, you know, mm-hmm. kind of, I'm not being like insulting to Alison Brie, but Willow's very kind of mousy in the beginning, just like, right. like, a, like a little sister, um, but is smarter than you think she is. Right, exactly. A character who gets underestimated quite a bit. All the time. Like, right. But she definitely, she finds a way to either get revenge or basically, you know, win in a situation. Um, so that's that's nice to see. Uh, so now we move on back to the underground layer. Xander and Buffy, they find Jesse lying on the ground. Um, and, but, you know, this is all a trap, right? Uh, the other vampires are watching. So Jesse is warning them that he, you know, he was just there to lure them. He's bait. And the vampires come out and they start to chase them. And so the trio, they run into this room. It's like a closet. And they think they're safe until Jesse then reveals himself to now be a vampire. And uh, another place for an act break. We'll find out what happens after the commercial. I can see why. Uh, and maybe in today's day and age, you could have done it. But I can see why Josh Whedon wanted to have Eric, uh, that actor, in the opening credits because I and I'm using my 2023 brain. Like, oh, I could see something's gonna happen to this guy, to Jesse. Like, I don't know if yeah. he's gonna something's gonna happen. It's still a twist. Like, he's not dead, but he's actually not a yet. vampire. But if he was in the opening credits, that would have been like, uh, what? Like, yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, because you would think too, at least that the characters would be successful. Right. I, I don't know how many times on shows before this where characters are going on a mission, at least in the first episode or two, and they fail in their mission, basically. So I feel like people, uh, audiences at the time, would uh, f- you know, falsely assume that, oh, of course they're going to save Jesse, right? Uh, she's a vampire slayer. She knows what she's doing. Jesse, man, I'm sorry. Sorry? I feel good, Shanner. I feel strong. I'm connected, man, to everything. I, I can hear the worms in the earth. That's a plus. I know what the master wants. I'll serve his purpose. That means you die. And I feed. Uh, so, now, uh, after the commercial, pretty much picks off right where it left off with Jesse revealing that he's a vampire now. And he, I don't know, he seems pretty happy about it. Uh, and so Xander has to hold him off with the cross. Buffy does a great move where she basically just hurls Jesse at the vampires coming at him, just kind of like grabs his whole body and you know, heaves him. And uh, yeah, they have to close themselves off at the vampires who are banging down at the door. 
Uh, no, it's a, it, as much as they could do with the set and budget they had. It's actually like, you know, they could do a lot, like especially they could actually make it thrilling. Yeah, I think this is a pretty exciting scene, the way they shoot it, because, OK, they find Buffy it's and like Xander. It's like fun scary. That's yeah, how I... exactly. It's like it's upbeat, right? Like a haunted house. Yeah, it's it's more suspenseful. And so you know, Buffy and Xander, they find an air vent to escape, right? There's always an air vent to escape from in these kind of situations. Always. And, and you know, it's as they're shooting it, they always – they make it seem like they might not make it out in time, right? The vampires are tearing down the door basically. But, uh, of course, they do get out into that air vent just in time, and they manage to find their way to a, a manhole to escape. Buffy, as she's crawling out, ah. feel, feels the hand of a vampire trying to – pull her back in but the sunlight harms that vampire so she's able to escape so uh, a nice scene there uh very very fun and you know this this is a much more action-packed half of the premiere than the first half was right yeah and so i think that's a good payoff you know the first half was a lot more set up here uh we're getting a lot more of these action-packed scenes you know yeah. and it's it it is getting you a better idea of what's in store for you and the fun that you're going to have as you follow these characters throughout all these seasons um so now we move back to the vampire layer the master is very unhappy about buffy escaping and kills one of the vampires um as <laughs> just a punishment he kills Colin. I even wrote that because I wanted to make sure I remembered their names for this one. They did say his name. Yeah, Colin, which sounds like a vampire name, but we hardly knew ye, Colin. Uh, and then the vampires perform a ceremony where Luke drinks the master's blood to become his vessel. So I guess that means that for all the blood that Luke will go on to drink, that will enhance the powers of the master as a sort of stand-in vampire because uh, the master can't leave the lair quite yet. It's a it's a way for them to say, like, we want to have the master the whole season, and he will come out for the... It's a short... I, because this was a mid-season replacement, there's only, like, 12 episodes, but the master will pop in and out. He will be like, uh, like Rita Repulsa in their lair, and then <laughs> yeah. at the end he'll be like we're only sending you like his number two like how lower voice luke <laughs> right right he will dispatch with his minions and they will fail him until he eventually has to go out himself but that's great because you know mark metcalf is or metcalf i should say mark metcalf is really fun in this role he's he's perfect oh he's in great it. and like i said i i love him as the maestro in seinfeld i love him as uh, Niedermeyer in Animal House is just a really funny actor, and he's really hamming it up in this in the best possible way. So and yeah, that's what great. you're supposed to do in a role yeah, it's, like this. That's it's great that we get more of him. So we cut back to uh, the library. Yes, that's where we are. So now the characters are doing a little more research. That's uh, you know you gotta do your research when you're hunting vampires, and Willow is sharing that the information she found out about past murders in Sunnydale's history. So it's it seems like vampires have been preying on these poor high school kids for quite some time. I don't know how people haven't caught up until now. That At the very least, that there's some sort of cult that is biting kids' necks <laughs> over the years. But I guess Gary getting... had no idea that there was a clown in their place every 27 years. That's, but, uh, that's true. I guess people are just in denial about yeah, these sort of things. I'm kind of happy cell phones weren't around 
during this time because it actually allows uh like every time a character because giles and willow basically um especially during this first season they're the guy in the chair mm-hmm. they're doing yeah. the research they're on the internet and uh, they're looking through these old books, and then they'll find that, like, I have the answer. Right, there's always a page. I have to go find Buffy. Yeah, yeah, there's always, like, a page that is exactly going to explain the situation they're in. Like, oh, this mythology thing right here. Other shows, (laughs) you know, like... um, It's happened before. (laughs) Right, right, this exact situation. Um, Other shows of, of... Fantasy would do this too. Like uh, I don't know if you ever watched Charmed. I've seen some episodes of Charmed, and same thing, right? They 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 have a book that basically spells out every possible situation they'll ever run into. Um, so yeah, it's it's a trope, but you know, it's the, look, it's the part of the ride. Defined, and also, you it's not. I'm not angry about it. Of course not. I'm not even nitpicking. I just have to laugh that yeah, it's a trope, and the way it's executed is yes, you have Giles who is born for this kind of role. He's supposed mm-hmm. to train and research Buffy and Willow is not a fighter. He's, and I think he's like, okay, you're going to help me. I can always use more help. Mm-hmm. And I think in one of the earlier scenes, they do make a note like, Oh, we have modern technology. Like we can just go on the internet and maybe see right. if there's any, so they, and Willow's good at that. And Giles like, it's like, I'm, I'm good at the book. I'm good at the pen and paper. Mm-hmm. But you know they do get involved in these oh. big scenes too, and they often oh, yeah. find themselves in danger as well. So I do like that they're not always just on the sidelines. Uh, but that being said, um, you know it is kind of fun too when it almost seems like the show wants the audience to figure it out too, as the characters do. So you know sometimes the characters will have all the pieces there, but take a little longer than they should to put them together, just to make it more fun for the audience to to put it together first. Um, so now Buffy and Xander return, and they deliver the bad news that Jesse is now a vampire. They seem to, uh, you know, not be too sad about it. But um, no, Xander. If I'm not, doesn't he kick the trash can? Like Xander, he does. Yeah, okay. He he acts a little bit like, more. And I guess Willow. The show could give me. Yeah. 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 That's and to be fair, Willow seems to be internalizing her emotions more at this point. Uh, but that's something I was thinking about too because. Jesse seems to be friends with these, with Xander and Willow. As, like they were a trio up to this point, and so for him to now be a vampire and spoiler alert to later die, it's something that they have to grapple with for at least the earlier part of the show that they lost right off the get go a very cl- close friend of theirs. Uh, I I have something to say about all of that, but I might do it. Uh when we're at the bronze just because there is, Uh, I think, I think that just, it goes into the idea of, uh, you know, of course I think the show starts with like teen problems first and then how can we add vampires or demons involved with that? But I'll, I'll bring that up. Bookmark Uh, this bookmark this. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. To be continued on that. Um, so now, uh, they're figuring out more information about what's going on. Giles has, uh, come to, the epiphany that the old vampire resides in Sunnydale and he was going to open the mouth of hell by getting enough power from its vessel. And so they were kind of explaining about how he has been trying to open the hell mouth, but he's, he's been unable to, they, they, they compare him to a cork stuck in a bottle, which I could not really wrap my head around that, but I got it enough to understand. Okay. 
This, this, yeah, he's he wants more power to basically unleash hell on Earth. And uh, so now Buffy realizes that she needs to find out who the vessel is and kill him uh, before the apocalypse reigns on Earth. Don't they know that? Like, it's not fun. Like, I, I'm happy this show doesn't go so uh, like postmodern where like the characters are like, come on, don't. Why do you want to open hell? Like, <laughs> it's going to suck. It's like, I'm sorry. It's what I do. It's, I'm a vampire. It's, it's like right. A... It's like the, the characters, the kids, the teenagers are the ones who are making the jokes. But the vampires themselves are actually pretty serious about it all. Right. Like he'll they're not his, go- like, yeah, he's very serious about like what, he, what they're doing. And he'll have his like kind of quips here and mm-hmm. there. But no, he is built on like I'm. Kinda but they're not. They're not that. Marvel villains, right? Who are exactly. like, yeah, yeah, am I right? They're not. They're not looking at the camera as much. Like they're living in it, and they might be doing it in a campy way. But they're definitely from two different worlds. Uh, yes. You know, the teenagers and the vampires. Uh, so now we go to Buffy's room. She's getting ready to go out, but you know, her mom appears and basically grounds her. <laughs> yeah. You know, and there's a nice little bit of uh, of of irony here uh, where she, you know, Buffy's like, I have to go. I have to go. And the mom's like, yeah, right. If you don't go out, it'll be the end of the world. <laughs> and it's like, you know, the, yes, she's, she's right. She doesn't realize how right she is. But of course, as uh, you know, Buffy's mom leaves, Buffy decides to just gather the, gather the rest of her supplies and escape out the window. And she got, she got supplies. Like, is she yeah. like, I'm, I'm still kind of happy, at least at this point where I'm at. I still have no idea about her backstory. I, you kind of figure out some stuff about her dad, but I just like the fact that there's this whole prequel comic to her that it's just like, oh yeah, this girl is badass and knows what she's doing, and the all the biggest problems in her life are that she's grounded. <laughs> uh, yeah, exactly. And like you know, class gets in the way, school get, school yeah. gets in the way, her mom gets in the way of more important things, right? Like the world's at stake. But, uh, yeah, that's, that's why this is such a, a fresh idea. Mom, I promise it is not going to be like before. But I have to go. No. Mom! The tapes all say I should get used to saying it. No. This is really, really important. I know. If you don't go out, it'll be the end of the world. Everything is life or death when you're a 16-year-old girl. Uh, so now we cut to the bronze. We're going to set up the big climactic battle here. Uh, you know, we start with Cordelia, of course, like you said, you know, she's kind of, she gets these scenes sort of started here as the person who's unaware of the situation. She's a rich bitch. That's all (laughs) I like. Well, she's talking about her high standards of things. She only goes out with seniors because they have cars and she only buys the most expensive things at stores. You know, really (laughs) coming from a 26 year old woman. (laughs) Yeah. 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 It's it's she's handing it up. Yeah. Uh, And of course she gets on the dance floor. Jesse is there and he, you know, with his new vampiric attitude, I guess is able to get Cordelia to dance with him. Um, and now we see the vampires outside approaching the club and, in the most nineties way possible. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of in slow motion out in this formation. Right. Uh, it's, it's kind of funny. And that poor bouncer just counting the bills has no idea what's coming his way. Uh, so this is the last act break before we get into the last part of the episode. 
So finally here, uh, we continue with the vampires uh, approaching the bronze. They force their way inside, shut off all the lights, and Luke gets the uh, the crowd's attention and proves how serious he is by killing that poor bouncer in front of everybody. Um, and uh, meanwhile, Buffy, Giles, Xander, and Will, they all arrive at the club. The door is locked, though. And I, I highlighted another line here from Buffy where she says, I, I didn't know I was going to get grounded. <laughs> Uh, you know, just really uh, emphasizing that, you know, she's she's a little teenager. So, you know, Luke has continued to kill victims, or at least a couple victims. Uh, but Buffy manages to sneak in. She she immediately recognizes Luke is the vessel. And uh, they begin to fight. And yeah. so, you know, you yeah. have now a few fights breaking out, really. You have, um, yeah, because Darla brings Cordelia to Luke, but Buffy interrupts that and begins fighting with him. Uh, Giles, Xander, and Willow break in to help the crowd escape. Yeah. And uh, if I'm not mistaken, like Xander, uh, Xander saves Cordelia. Am I uh, like he? Uh, no, Luke is about to kill Cordelia, and Jesse, Jesse's like, "Don't I get a body?" Oh yeah, yeah. Like hello. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it's like no, no, no. They're all for the master, none for you. Uh, so. You know, now we have more of this action here where Willow saves Giles from Darla with holy water. That's right. Oh, yes. That's right? right. And uh, we get this really great uh, ADR scream, right? As Darla's face is burning from the holy water. Uh, it's like this really um, – it's out of like a Halloween sound effect kit or something, this sort of witchy scream that comes out of her. I thought that was really funny. Um, Xander kills Jesse with the stake almost accidentally. Someone kind of like accidentally bumps into Jesse, forcing him onto the stake. And well, yeah, that's Whedon in a nutshell, too. Yeah, just like, like, whoops. like Jesse is supposed to be like, I love being a vampire, uh, and he's about to go on a rampage. And then as he's like talking, a girl like bumps into him and hit like he drives through yeah. the pool queue. Yep, and uh, yeah, he turns to dust. So, R.I.P. Jesse. Once again, we hardly do ya. Well, I want to make my point about uh, just Jesse in general. Okay. Uh, so I'm having not been in the writers' room, but I would imagine that, like, oh, how do we come up with episodes? I would like to think that they, the first ideas came from like, what are teen problems, and then we could add vampires to that. That's kind of the basis of the whole show, and. Of course, like for the pilot, you kind of have to go a little big and introduce vampires, of course, in a show called Buffy the Vampire Lair, uh, Slayer. But it's uh, – I it, it occurred to me like, you know, they were so close with Jesse. But what – the way he's acting, especially towards Cordelia, with vampires being as sexually driven as they are. Like it's like what if you found out your friend was like kind of an asshole? Like, yeah, that like, is kind of interesting because you're right. Because right before Jesse is killed, he goes on about how you know, oh, the old Jesse was just a loser. I'm now finally, uh, I have power. I'm in control. Yeah, he's it's almost as if he's saying he's finally the kind of person he's always wanted to be. But that person is literally a, a monster who who kills people. And we're supposed to feel kind of bad for him. Like, okay, he's kind of a loser. Like, you know, Cordelia's turned him down. He's not getting any dates at the dance right and then you're of course you're supposed to feel bad for him that he uh becomes a vampire and will this get reversed but no he's kind of reveling in it 
And the way he's acting court, uh, towards Cordelia, it's like, you're mine now. Right, and yeah, like, this darker side of him has come out, basically. Like, you, like you'll see all these kind of teen themes throughout, like, uh, and that's always the basis. But I always think, uh, you know, it's not a major plot of the story, but it's a good, you know, quarter of it where it's like, what if you found out your friend was not who they thought they were? And cutting them out of your life with a pool cue. <laughs> <laughs> Literally cutting them out of yeah. your life and existence. Yeah, basically. But that's just my way of thinking about it, too. That, that's true. I think that maybe that's um, – by, by showing this darker side of Jesse before he dies, I think that makes the blow of his death a little easier. Oh, yeah. On Xander and Willow. At least on Xander because I guess those two guys were buds. And now Xander maybe realizes he doesn't want to be that kind of resentful person, right? Like he, they both fancied themselves as these outcasts as, you know, Oh, we're the losers. But now Xander, but we'll be seeing how that sort of attitude drove Jesse into this uh, darker side, basically. And he doesn't want to be that kind of person, you know, even without the vampire stuff, he doesn't want to be this sort of resentful, malicious person who's, who resents his social status. He wants to overcome that. So, you know, that's um, maybe I'm reading into that a little bit too much, but no, I know. think I, I, I think like I, I think there's something there. Like, mm-hmm. I, I think there's uh, something there, because if you continue on, you'll just everything. And it's why I compared a little bit uh, the show to Degrassi. It's just like every episode is just like, oh, Willow's talking to a boy online but the boy happens to be a demon like right the, right it, 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 it the the teen themes come first and then how what monster of the week can we put around that yeah no that's that's a good point like the teen experience but sort of plagued by yeah. vampires and monsters uh you know infiltrated I yeah, say. but of course, because it's the pilot, you have to have the, like it's the master and Luke uh, take center stage, like the main like ah, Hellmouth. There's no theme with that, unless there is. Yeah, like unless some there is, but that's like the more campy ritual is takes uh, center stage. Yeah, I mean you're kind of just seeing that basically in these first two episodes invading just the high school setting in general yeah. right like they find a dead body in the locker room and uh, you know etc it's it's like um the high school space in general is being invaded yeah um and then finally uh buffy and uh luke is the final big battle here and buffy's able to distract luke by making him think that it's daylight uh not quite yet and then she's yeah. You know, while he's distracted, she uh, she stabs him there with the stake, and she says, "You know, it's not sunlight for another nine hours, stupid." And then he dies. Can you imagine? That's like the last thing you hear. <laughs> like this guy, this guy had been like alive for like centuries, and the last thing he hears is like this sassy teenager giving him a hard time. Could she have used the Valley Girl accent, JJ? <laughs> uh, As if, <laughs> like, whatever. You're dead now, I guess. Oh, that might oh. be too much. <laughs> <laughs> I know. That's probably how the movie turned out. Um. So, uh, yeah, after Luke dies, you know, the master loses all of his powers that he gains through this no! really funny, <laughs> that sort of like wavy effect, right, that they had back then. I love um, a good no. The distortion. Yeah, right. No, he, his, his powers are gone. His plan foiled. And, uh, you know, the other vampires at the club decide to, to run away. And Angel is, has been watching this whole time, I guess. And Could have helped. Yeah, <laughs> could have. But I guess he was kind of um, 
more there to observe Buffy and you know, he's 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 really being hands off right now and he's again that mysterious as he character. should he is decades centuries older than that girl uh, that's that's true although I mean I think even if I didn't know that going into the show like everyone knows at this point the angels of empire but you're not supposed yeah. to know that I guess when you first watch this but I didn't I think, know the twist with him though I think I think it's still pretty obvious when you're watching this that oh he's probably a vampire. No, I which know he's ex- a vampire, but there's like a little like added plus to his vampirism, I guess. Uh, uh, vampiric nature. Like he's he's a vampire with a soul. Right, right. That's why he's so compelling. Uh, I didn't know that. Um, uh, yeah, but you know that's that's uh, why he was such. And um, an interesting character and in why he would go on to get his own show, right? He's not an average vampire, and he's like a vampire who does turn on his own kind uh, and has this forbidden love with the Slayer. Uh, so, you know, that we now go to basically our um, wrap-up scene here. It's the next day at Sunnydale High. Cordelia is kind of, I don't know, playing off the, the previous night's events to a turf war. <laughs> it's, you know, that, that gang that has all that really campy makeup and they go around sucking on people's necks. This entire school really knows how to internalize trauma. Like every, <laughs> yeah. like, it's not like, oh, people are just going missing and then they're found at the end. Like people die and they're people like, do, oh, well, yeah. we got a substitute. There were people at that. <laughs> uh, yeah, right. Uh, the teacher's not coming back. The, the the people actually died at that uh that club the night before not just the bouncer but a few other of the teenagers as well and so they got to play it off to something to be fair you know if you're in this world and you have no idea that they're vampires you think it's just like a normal reality the last thing you're willing to accept is that there's vampires because imagine like if you discover that there were vampires that were real it would totally change your whole uh, perception of reality <laughs> like yeah your mind might melt for a second there like wait what for a really second, and then i would realize like this is my philosophy and i'm um, like the day if and when aliens ever go like hey we're real i still have to get get milk and eggs i hope they're cool. <laughs> yeah. i i hope they're cool i hope vampires and we'll discover this uh with the other shows that we watch i hope the vampires are at least like Hey, you do you and I'll do me. Like, but the vampire doing it is to kill people. Uh, you know, or at least you know. Obviously, that gets kind of worked around in some of the other shows we're going to talk about. Uh, but that's that's what's so interesting. It's like, okay, yeah, we'll both just do what we do, but their very own nature is, you know, it's okay. It's these vampires. These, I like. I need. I don't know. I'd be. I'd be. I don't know. That would definitely change the landscape because we might declare like war. Right. <laughs> but uh, I still have to get milk and eggs. Uh, <laughs> no, no, I, I hear what you're saying. I mean, I had that same thought. This is a little bit of um, of a digression, but I had that same thought about people who think the earth is flat. It's like the earth is flat. The, the, the government's lying to us. It's like even if that was true, which it's definitely not. I, I still have to go to work tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> like, how does that change my reality? Uh, but anyway, <laughs> um, so yeah. So basically, the uh, speaking of reality here and denial, that's something that Cordelia is definitely knee deep in. Uh, but then we go back to our main group here, and Giles is basically warning Buffy, Willow, and Xander that this is just the beginning, and that they're going to continue to be confronted with all sorts of demons, not just vampires, and it's up to them 
to stand between uh, you know, the demons and the earth to, to prevent the world's destruction. And, you know, though Buffy especially is very cavalier about it. She's like, yeah, whatever, it'll be fine. Let's go to class. <laughs> and, uh, you know, the last line there from Giles is, the earth is doomed. Next time you'll be prepared. Next time? Next time is why? Well, we prevented the master from freeing himself and opening the mouth of hell. It's not to say he's going to stop trying. That's it. The fun is just beginning. More vampires? Not just vampires. The next threat we face may be something quite different. I can hardly wait. We are at the center of a mystical convergence here. We may, in fact, stand between the Earth and its total destruction. Well, I gotta look on the bright side. Maybe I can still get kicked out of school. So there, there we have it. That is the introduction to Buffy the Vampire Slayer, a seven-season show, as it would turn out to be. So, Keith, I mean, obviously, you already answered the question before about you know whether you continue with the show. The answer is yes, you already have continued with Buffy, and you're enjoying it, right? I am, but I uh, – at least my way of watching it, it, it is – and I think I mentioned this before. I don't know uh, – some shows out there, and this is not an insult, are have that Saturday morning cartoon feel. And what I mean is just it's just it follows that like group of friends, the Scooby Gang as they're called. And this episode, they have to solve this. Like like it, it it's a little bit campy. It knows what it is. If they're having fun, you're having fun. And I like to watch it in the morning when I'm having coffee before work. It like it, you know, it's. I'm not afraid of vampires. It's not what I'm watching in the day. But there are some shows like, you know, something like Star Wars or Marvel. They have those, uh, you know, I, I'll wait till get, I'll, I'm watching Mad Men at night and I'll watch Buffy an episode and or maybe two if it's Saturday uh, in the morning. And that's kind of my relationship with it. I'm not, uh, you know, an episode a day really. And yeah. I'm not binging it. And I don't, think i need to yeah you know uh with the way that it's watched now you're right it could be binged if you wanted to obviously like you have the freedom to take it at your own pace but yeah in the 90s i think this was very much uh, a prime time show oh, yeah eight o'clock for all the you know everyone to watch and it would be exciting and you know because it was you'd watch that night maybe it would be a little scary with some of these scenes where you're creeping around the corner, you get maybe the POV shot there and something jumps out at you. Again, and not in like a, a downer sort of way, it's like a fun scare. Yeah, right? it's like a haunt it's like a really good haunted house. Yeah, exactly. Like, uh, like there are definitely in the first season, like there are once again, props to the makeup department for and the the uh to the prop department just for the monsters that they're able to use in both costumes and also like in shadow. Like one of the teachers, not to spoil, like is like a living giant praying mantis, and they don't really show you that. But you know, the substitute teacher who's in who uh, Xander has a crush on is just of like, course. Oh, come! Like I'm a the female praying mantis. So basically, and able to do that in shadow, and it's just it's fun, scary. It's like goosebumps, but for teenagers. Goose, I am goosebumps, aware that this is yeah. for teenagers. Oh well, yeah, because it has the teen relatability. Yeah. But it still has the campiness that you would find in like a Goosebumps or Are You Afraid of the Dark. I mean, even in um, they they did that intro. She is the Slayer bit again, where you get a little more of a montage of what's to come with some of the it's other in every monsters, episode. right? Okay, yeah. and some of the other monsters you see in the in the theme song or in that intro 
look like some of the monsters I've seen in like a Goosebumps video game or something yeah. where it's like this big elaborate mask and some sort of like costume because you're not going to do a full body makeup <laughs> for this sort of production, yeah. you know, that sort of thing. But it, uh, the reason why I keep coming back to it is uh, the writing. Like, like the little – there are times that I have been surprised, like pleasantly surprised in like you usually what I think I'm going to find out the answer at the end or towards the end. Like, oh, it was, it was JJ all along. It's like it was JJ, but someone's controlling him. It happens to be me. Like it, it, uh, there's, there's always turned uh, around. for the most part like a clever twist. And the characters are very, uh, like I keep coming back because I like the characters. And I, they just added. I just met Spike, and I get oh, it. Yeah, Spike is de- deliciously evil. Like, and uh, reading about him, it's uh, uh, like Whedon did not like the fact that audiences liked him. Yeah. Well, it's the actor. Well, he's like, I wanted to, the show's about good versus evil, but people are like, we want Spike. We want Spike. And he got angry at the actor. Well, Uh, Spike is kind of like a vampire rock star in a way. You know, you you can't help. He's like Billy Idol. Like, you you don't root for him in a way. I mean, I think eventually you do because he turns, but like, at least like when he's first introduced, it's he's he's fun to watch on screen his performance so much. like i don't know what happens to him like i don't know if he stays bad or if he becomes an anti-hero or i'm sure that, like but at least right now he like his plot lines are just like he knows how to deliver a line and he's once again deliciously evil like it's just i get it well his face it. too i feel like has become synonymous with the show like when people think about buffy they think about spike and so it's interesting you don't get uh-huh, him yeah. until a little later on and he's uh, more of like the, the I guess if he's like the big bad of season two. But yeah, no, you come for the characters and it does something it you know, takes that little slice of high school or growing up and mm-hmm. puts that demon spin on it, but also puts that little storytelling twist on it at the end that is nice with a cup of coffee. <laughs> well, you know, uh that's that's really the big appeal of the show is the the combination of the high school genre and the vampire genre, right? You have the mix of humor, you have the mix of horror, again, light horror. Uh, and so the question is, you know, is this a teen drama disrupted by a vampire invasion or is it a vampire invasion disrupted by teen drama? It kind of goes both ways, Ooh. you know, because uh, sometimes, you know, when they're in the midst of the vampire drama, then something from their high school lives becomes the distraction, right? But sometimes it's the other way around where like they're living their high school lives and uh, a demonic monster get becomes the obstacle, right? It, it's sometimes the focus is on one or the other. And, but that's the appeal is like you, as a writer, you can uh, mix it up and make the show more yeah. interesting by, by shifting the focus uh, depending on the episode or sometimes, you know, they they can be synonymous. So that's, um, yeah, there's kind of no like it's that's the fun of it. It's like you know? 50 50 because like, yeah, like uh, when they're focused on the hell mouth, it's like, oh, I have a dance to go to. Uh, yeah. But yeah. like the hell mouth is the focus of the episode. Right. And, you know, do you have this mythology here that the show is going to set up? And I, I'm aware they introduce certain other things throughout the show. Right. Because they even say it. it's not just about vampires. I think there's witches eventually. There's. Right, um, especially with the Willow character, she becomes more powerful throughout the show. Uh, so there is like a mythology to this. I want to say even this whole franchise because there is the spinoff Angel, 
And so I think that um, that's something that is the show is a very consistent mythology, right? It, it builds it, and you you um, you know, I I think you know from the first couple episodes what kind of mythology you're gonna get. Well, I, I I'm starting. It just hit me just now that I think I can't speak for every vampire show, but if you have a vampire show chances are that there are other mythological uh creatures as well like there are witches werewolves um demons like like but the vampires are the focus because they are i don't know like they this show does a pretty good i mean because i don't think it's so focused on the vampire they can have fun with the lore but you know stake through the heart uh they keep with the basics cross um but they don't like i they haven't ventured into like oh you need to be invited in uh right right i think i it's, haven't seen that i don't think or you can almost see this as like an introductory to vampires for young yes. people right because you're right there's there's like more specific things that vampire lore if you're you know very well read on on the on the literature of vampires on those on those sort of customs but as someone who knows maybe just the basics, if you're a teenager, this is you, know, you, all, you only need to know that much, and the show might teach you a little bit more and get you more interested in other kinds of vampire shows, as we will discuss soon. So I, I think we both agree that we would continue to watch Buffy the Vampire Slayer. We're very positive on it, as were critics. I think people were like, yeah, it's good, but I think you know, we've, we've been raving about it, and it, you know, uh, deservedly so. Uh, so there you have it. This is our first vampire show we've discussed and now we're going to be going to maybe something of a little more mature vampire material next week uh, not something for the teens something for the adults for mom and dad probably one of the most adult shows that was ever made and that would be hbo's true blood so that is next week. I know that's the show, Keith. You've already gone down that road. Oh my God. I did. <laughs> and I, I can't did. wait. I can't wait to, uh, you know, uh, have you go down that road yet again. But uh, until then, guys, uh, continue to enjoy this spooky month of October. And we'll see you at the next pilot. Follow us on Instagram and X, formerly Twitter, at Take Us to the Pilot. That's Take Us to the Pilot with the number two. Attention passengers, we've now reached our destination. We hope you enjoyed the flight and have a nice day.